Wonderful. Hope you've been managed to say hi to somebody. Um, at the end of the service, of course, we have teas and coffee and other refreshments. Still, please hang around. It'd be great to say hello this morning. Gary's going to come and share God's word with us today uh, for us to reflect upon and respond to. Let's pray for Gary as he comes and speaks to us. Lord, we thank you that uh, there's many things that bless us in this world, in our life, in you. And Lord, we just love it when we have a sense of you speaking to us. Thank you that you speak to us regularly and you, you say that my sheep will hear my voice, your people will hear your voice. Lord, we thank you for Gary, we thank you that you've gifted him, anointed him, we thank you for Jill, we thank you for the family, we ask that you bless them. And we really pray that you bless Gary, Lord, as he comes and shares with us now. Lord, we pray that you bless him and speak to us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. This is... Remembrance Sunday. And uh, apologies for not having a poppy on, but I am wearing an airman's shoes. These are official, ex-military, bought from the Army and Navy stores. I could tell you the airman involved who had these shoes, but I might get him in trouble because he's probably supposed to be wearing them and he's sold them on. So I'm not going to tell you who he is, but they are wonderful shoes. And it has to be said, they last longer than the ones we're issued as uniform where I work. But this is Remembrance Sunday. And this message is called, Do We Have To? To which the answer is, yes. There are some questions that we don't get a choice as to whether we answer. And today we're going to be asked some of those questions. Before we start, I want to specifically and genuinely say that although this message is going to be, it's going to reference World War II a lot, 80 or so years have passed since that time. And the countries and peoples of then are not the countries and peoples of now. This church is wonderfully international. I never know, when I sit down on a Sunday morning, I don't know which continent the person who sits next to me is going to come from. Usually my wife, and I'm pretty sure of her background, but, um, but so I've been sat next to people from all over the world, and that is a wonderful, wonderful thing. You know, let's, let's big that up. That excites me. And it's very possible that some here are from countries that would have been enemies back in the day. And the fact that you're here today is proof that the wounds of the previous generations can and will be healed. It also gives us hope that the wounds of the current generation can and will be healed. Later on, we are going to go through an an exercise where where I'm going to ask you all to be be one, one community, one group. 
Remembrance Sunday always comes with, with, with national overtones. When we start talking about military, it inevitably comes with, with nations involved. And this morning, although we're going we're gonna to have to deal with some of that, really don't want that to become a divisive issue in anybody's heart. So we are one people this morning, okay? As we remember the sacrifices of our servicemen and women today, the principles and lessons apply to the sacrifices and courage of all men and women around the world who have been told to fight. In the answer to their question, do we have to, they've been told yes. So the first thing we're going to do is, is we need to conscript a military. We're going to use the rules of, of World War II as they applied in this country. And we may think that this is hopelessly out of date. We may think this is irrelevant now in an era of professional military services. But even as we speak, in Europe, modern young people who love YouTube and, and, and TikTok and, and computer games, they are being conscripted to fight in very old-fashioned wars, in foxholes and in trenches. Before the call goes out, I just want to remind everybody, this area in the front here is covered by the, uh, the TV cameras. If you're concerned about that and you are conscripted, please feel free to join the secret services who are going to meet over there by the tea and coffee. Otherwise, the muster point is at the front of the church. A time came in this country where the young were mustered and they didn't get a choice. So, as I said, we are all one people here now. Forget nationality, we are all one people. If this is not relevant to you as a, as a, as a British subject or British citizen, it's relevant to you as a person who is from a community. So, if you are male, aged between 18, no, sorry, 20 and 23, could you come and stand at the front, please? Men, aged between 20 and 23. Come and stand down at the front, please. Welcome, sir. Welcome. Turn around and face your... Uh... At the start of World War II, this country had a significantly large volunteer army, volunteer military. The first people conscripted were men aged 20 to 23. The entire future of this community rests... On you. Are you confident, guys? It soon became apparent that that wasn't enough. 
So, by the end of the war, men aged 18 to 51, please come forward. If you are between 18 and 51, please come forward. Some of you are thinking, I'm 52. I'm 51 and three quarters. Okay. Then we've got the tank regiment over here. Okay. Women, you don't get away with it completely. If you are aged between 20 and 30, please come forward. All women 20 to 30, please come forward. Unfortunately, the military doesn't put you with your husband. You can't join the 1st Battalion to be next to your brother in the 2nd. It doesn't work that way. Okay. If, if, unless you're the Secret Service. Come on. We've got, we've got to be... Let's, let's, let's get in here. That's, that's great. Okay, I'm a, I'm a little bit more confident now. Oh, we've got some, we've got some latecomers. Come on. There's, uh... Now, if we were going to do this for, for real and really wanted to press into some of, the, some of the psychological stuff that went on during the war, we would now be looking for people that are hiding, people that cheat in the system. We would be, we would be looking for also. We're not going to go there today because that's you know. <laughs> so, thank you everybody for coming forward. Some of you don't have to stay here. Some of you have reserved occupations. Some of you, for whatever reason, didn't have to serve. It wasn't just to do with age. So, any policemen, go and sit down again. Any prison workers, go and sit down again. Any medical employees, go and sit down again. (laughs) Any dock workers in Birmingham, any miners, any farmers, any scientists, any, any merchant seamen, any railway workers, anybody that works for the utilities, water, gas, electricity, phone, any students, What is Isaac? Back here. Any clergy? (laughs) Yeah. Are you entirely clergy yet? We'll draw our own conclusions. Any registered blind? Any married women? 
Any women who have at least one child under 14 living with you at home? This includes your own children, legitimate or illegitimate, stepchildren or adopted children. Pregnant women were not exempted, but in practice, they were not called up. So, this is a significantly smaller force than it was before. But the point of this is, look at each other. If it happened again, you would be the ones defending them. People, some of which you know, some of which you don't know, some of whom you would want to defend, some you'd gladly throw under a bus. But you are the ones that would be doing this. And thank you in advance for, uh, for doing this. Population over there. What are you feeling? Are you feeling, this is, this is great, we've got this sorted. Those of you that are students, an awful lot of you sat down when you were stu- when students. World War II lasted six years. None of you, well, actual fact, there probably is somebody who's been a student for more than six years. But before long, you'd be up here. Now, service people, close your eyes, get your hands out of your pockets. I want you to lift up your right hand up into the air. And I want you to either one, two, three, four or five fingers. You choose how many fingers you hold up. You're making a choice between one and five. Okay, we can all see which number you've chosen, so we can't cheat. If you've got one finger up, you died. (laughs) And what's more, your body was never found. So, go somewhere. (laughs) Disappear. No, don't go back to your wife. (laughs) If you got two fingers up, you survived uninjured. So go back to your go back to your family. Go back to go back to where you came from. The rest of them are thinking, this doesn't look good for me, does it? (laughs) If you got three fingers up, you died, but your body was repatriated. So go back to where you came from and don't talk for the rest of the service. (laughs) If you got four fingers up, you died. But you were buried abroad. Your family had to wait a long time to come and visit your grave. 
So sit down where you are. If you've got five fingers up, you survived, but you're injured. PTSD, missing a leg, missing an arm, blind, could be anything. So go back to your community on one leg. (laughs) But sit somewhere that you weren't before. Because your relationship with your family is never going to be quite the same again. Off you go. (laughs) You can go back now as well. Thank you very much. They had no choice. They had no choice. When conscription comes, choice is taken away. The, the, the body of men and women who were conscripted had no choice. And the population, feeling the gaps and the empty chairs. I don't know whether any of you suddenly found yourself a bit isolated a bit alone, you were still sat there and everybody else had gone that was around you. You had no choice in that either. When war comes, choices are taken away. When an enemy makes it clear that they are coming for you, the choice to stay at home and watch telly is taken away. War is what we get when one group of people take by force what another group of people has. This could be land, it could be possessions, it could be people. The motives are as varied as the number of wars, but the background is always the same. Two groups of people have no meaningful, strong, positive, beneficial relationship. Countries don't go to war against countries they like and and are mates with. War happens when relationship breaks down. Part of what is so special about a church like this is that we build relationships one-to-one, person-to-person, which stretch across the world. You know, some of you know that my eldest son lives in Taiwan now. He's been helped by people that we know from this church who have been a material help to to sorting out some problems with him in Taiwan, which is the other side of the world. And because of that, I will never invade Taiwan. (laughs) But that's, that's how it works, isn't it? I know that's slightly facetious, but that's how it works. Because we know each other, the personal has an effect on bringing down the temperature of the national. War is brutal and it's unforgiving. Anyone who's lived through it, and I'm guessing there might be one or two here who have, don't want to go through it again. 
So we remember. Most peoples have some way of honouring the courage and sacrifice of, of people who fought for them in the past and are fighting for them in the present. The format and the date may be different, but for most, the intention is the same. To honour those that have fought and to help avoid the need to fight again in the future. That's, that's the whole point of remembrance. Time dulls memories. And few memories are able to jump generations. Just this last week, I was part of a funeral where uh, we, we did the funeral of a, a fighter pilot. You know, one of the few. Now, he will have memories that none of us will ever have. And his memory can't become our memory. Memories can't jump generations. This has been a recurring problem through history. We've taken World War II as our example today because to me, World War II is war. It's the backdrop to, to my formative years. I was born in 1966. I know, it's difficult to believe, but I was. Which is 21 years after... World War II finished. 21 years sounds like a long time. Sounds like forever. 21 years, that's uh, a go from today. That's 2001. Which, if memory serves, that's yesterday. It's really not a very long time. I know some of you weren't born then, but, but for a lot of us, 2001, I mean, that's not even back in the last century. Some of us still live in the last century. We haven't caught up yet. 21 years was not a long time. My mum and dad were both born in the middle of the war in 1941. My grandparents' generation, people I grew up with and knew well and loved, they were the generation who fought. I have no memory of World War II, but I grew up in its shadow. Every middle-aged man had stories. Some wouldn't tell the stories. Others would tell them repeatedly. Men would stride down the road, the heels of their shoes, clipping off the stones as Blakey's fired sparks behind them. There were a lot of blazers and a lot of badges. And there were too many widows. And nothing was wasted. No food was ever thrown away. I'm only half joking when I say I am the size I am today because I was trained never to leave food on your plate. It was, it was a sin in our house to leave food on your plate because they didn't know where the food was coming from next. Nothing was wasted. Make do and mend. I played on what was left of an anti-aircraft gun emplacement on my granddad's farm. Brummy friends talk of the prefabs and the bomb sites. The cinema was full of war films. Bookshops were full of stories about brave heroes and, and dastardly enemies. 
TV show, Dad's Army, and it ain't half up, Mum. Airfix Spitfires and Action Man dolls. They were our toys. And World War II was the filter through which everything was viewed, the measure against which everything was judged. A 30-year-old today, or a 20-year-old today, doesn't have those memories. And will never have those memories. Because you've not been brought up and moulded by a community still mourning and rebuilding. And if we don't actively remember the sacrifices and pain, we will live through them again. That's, that's what history teaches us. All is not lost, though. The younger generations will have been impacted by other wars. One of the things that we now have that previous generations didn't have is we have, we have immediate, up-to-the-minute, intimate, often unfiltered access to the front line. If we had, uh, had, had done a little bit of um, tech stuff this morning, I didn't want to do this because it could have gone horribly wrong. But if we, we, could, we could quite easily have brought up on the, on the screen there um, news feeds. Uh, we could have brought up um, live feeds from cameras set up by volunteers on the front lines in Ukraine right now. It's never been easier to get a ringside seat for man's inhumanity to man. The younger generations have been impacted by the Gulf Wars, by the Afghan War, by the Balkans, and now by the war in Ukraine. It's not that there are not stories to hear, examples to see and lessons to learn. It's that it's so far away and it's so detached. Other than the professional military, we have not been compelled to fight in this country since 1945. That may not be the case for uh, wherever you might uh, call home. But in this country, 1945, well, there was, there was conscription after that. It was national service. I think my dad was the first year that didn't apply. So if you are, if you are 82 or older, chances are you had to serve national service. But as for actually fighting, conscripts have not done that since World War II. The personal memories are fading fast, so it's even more important to keep things like Remembrance Sunday fresh and relevant to give the younger generations some access to the collective historic memory. I say the the fighter pilots. I've I've done a couple of fighter pilot funerals, but these guys are they're running out. Active service people, World War II service people, are running out. The memory is being lost. So we have to work hard to learn the lessons in the gut-wrenching way the people on the ground do. We have to work hard to let the lessons change us. 
We have to allow ourselves to absorb the memories of others that are being offered like, like small doses of a vaccine that make us react to the prospect of conflict with revulsion. Do we have to do this? Have we got to? I submit to the jury that we, we do. If we don't do this, the things that should never be forgotten will be forgotten. And the war to end all wars, do you remember that one? World War I, the Great War, the war to end all wars. How many have we had since then? That will be simply a chapter break and not the end of the book. Conflict takes away our personal choices. Do we have to fight? We do. Do we have to remember? We do. We are here today as free people with the right to choose to remember simply because people who lost their right to choose to fight were courageous and did what had to be done. It wasn't pretty. It was incredibly painful and messy. It was unfair. But they did it. Jesus hung on a cross outside Jerusalem. Below him, on the ground, some Roman soldiers stood and watched. Some threw insults. Some were deep in thought. They were the occupying army. Standing back slightly were a few of Jesus' supporters. Mostly the women, but one or two men too. They were his people. They were dazed and confused. Alongside them were were loads of locals. They'd welcomed Jesus on Palm Sunday with shouts of Hosanna and they'd vilified him on Good Friday morning with shouts of crucify him. So many people. So many motives. Conflict is messy, isn't it? Why was Jesus hanging on the cross? Did he have to? Jesus, God the Son, the night before, in the Garden of Gethsemane, had raised his eyes to God the Father in heaven and said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me which is Bible speak for, do I have to? It's Bible speak for, I don't want to do this. Can you find somebody else, please? Yet not my will, but yours be done. And that's what every conscript that, that's, that's where they had to, to come to terms when they were conscripted. Not my will, but yours be done. Did he have to? He chose to. Because he knew that despite the personal pain, the sacrifice was necessary. We are here today as free people with a right to approach God guilt-free 
because he who gave up the right to approach God guilt-free was courageous and did what had to be done. It wasn't pretty. It was incredibly messy and painful. It was unfair. But he did it. The Bible tells us to remember the sacrifice of Jesus by taking communion together regularly. If we forget the courage and pain of Jesus, we are determined, destined to forget the importance of the freedom from sin he won for us on the cross. Without remembering the cross, the church is a social club. It's a hospital, it's a school, it's a, it's a community centre. There's an awful lot of organisations can run those. We don't need more of those. Well, we do need more of those, but not from here. By remembering the cross, the church is the house of the living God. Remembrance takes the events of the past and uses them to fuel the future. Do we have to? I think we do. We're going to pray together before I ask the band to come back. It would be good for us to stand. Father, on this Remembrance Sunday, we want to thank you for the courage of every person who has laid down their personal choices and has responded to a call to arms in defence of freedom. We thank you for the soldiers, the sailors, the Air Force personnel. We thank you for the engineers, the mechanics, the drivers, the logistics staff, the cooks, the communications teams, the thousands of civilians who stepped in to fill the gaps in the factories, on the farms, down the mines, on the railways, in the hospitals and in the myriad support networks. We thank you for everyone who came back and mourn for those who didn't. We thank you, Lord, for the peace that comes after conflict. We thank you for the rebuilding and for the opportunities to make things better. We thank you for the restored and the newly forged relationships that help to prevent future conflicts. Lord, we thank you for your example set on the cross. We thank you for Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. We thank you for woman, your son, son, your mother. We thank you for it is finished. Amen. Would the band come back up and lead us on? Thank you.